Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the One More Jump podcast by Rise Povalt. Today we have two-time Olympian for Canada, Annika Newell. She is a 470 pole vaulter, which is like 15 feet, five inches. And yeah, I really wanted to have her on. She is an incredible athlete. She trains down with Brooklyn Dixon in, I'm going to get the town wrong, San Antonio, maybe somewhere in Texas. Texas is huge. So it's somewhere in Texas uh, at Elite Sports, which is Brooklyn's gym. And uh, yeah, she trains down there. She works down there. And yeah, we got into a lot of really cool stuff. We talked about her experiences at the Olympics. You know, she has, she's had good experiences, bad experiences, and uh, kind of everything in between. And she's really putting in the work and training hard uh, to to get back there in 2024 in Paris. Um, yeah, we got on all different subjects though. We talked about a lot about health and nutrition. And if you don't know, she's shredded and uh, she you know, keeps herself in very good condition. And, um, and yeah, it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work and, uh, definitely helps her pole vaulting game. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just another really cool opportunity to talk to somebody at her level. She was actually, she actually, during this podcast was in Austria. She had just competed in Italy and yeah doing a little european tour action um before she heads back to the states uh, to continue her training so hopefully you guys enjoy this episode with annika newell story of, of how you got involved with pole vaulting and and all that stuff sounds good to me easy enough <laughs> right right so what so where does it all start for you i think you grew up in new mexico if i'm not mistaken yeah in albuquerque mm-hmm. in albuquerque okay cool yeah, yeah so that's yeah. like not a you know there's kind of like hotbeds for pole vaulting around the u.s you know like california or texas and i'll say illinois because i'm from illinois but um <laughs> uh but i you know i don't know if you really hear about too many like really successful pole vaulters coming out of new mexico no. tell us about that um well so i was a gymnast when i was young um till I, you know, had a huge growth spurt and that no longer was an option for me. Um, so I started doing track because my dad was a runner. Um, and originally I was just doing like sprinting events and hurdles and long jump, which I loved. And one day the coach was like, you were a gymnast. You're going to go try pole vault. Like we need a, a female pole vaulter. Um, and granted, yeah, we did not have like the coach that coached me didn't really know what he's talking about. Um, a lot of YouTube videos, but I tried it and I was like, Hey, this is, this is kind of fun. Um, and so I ended up doing it. I started my junior year of high school and I competed junior and senior years. And in between the junior and senior year, I actually went to a pole vaulting camp in Texas, um, which is where I met. It was, uh, elite sports where I met Brooklyn Dixon and her dad, this was in high ended school. Up yes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know you guys' relationship went back that far. That far, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, yes. and that's really interesting. I always love hearing athletes 
especially like pole vaulters that you know get their start in like junior year or like senior year or something like that because most people that we come in contact with they'll be like dude i'm already a sophomore man like i already missed the boat on this thing you know like i, I know. can't i can't learn how to do this and it's like what are you talking about there's so many cool success stories of people starting junior year senior year and then like you have like jen sure who I like, say jen <laughs> started like, after college, college. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy yes no, seriously. so how, how did you progress like from so you started your junior year which is kind of like a normal transition a lot of people who like phase out of gymnastics end up going into um pole vaulting and yeah. um so what did you like jump your junior year i'm just curious. I jumped i jumped nine nine my junior year um and then my senior year i jumped 12. oh wow that's a good little bit of improvement yeah um i mean literally it was like that one summer i went to <laughs> I went to my first camp and met Brooklyn and her dad and loved the camp so much. I ended up going to a second camp that summer. And then I went to their Christmas camp and their spring break camp. Um, So, I mean, I just kept going to camps, like taking all in all the knowledge that I could and going back and trying to like apply it. So, I mean, it worked out for sure. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. She's really awesome, by the way. She, uh, there was one actually, ironically enough it was in albuquerque um i was jumping in albuquerque my best meet of my entire life and she uh was and my wife was the only one there for me and so uh brooklyn was like sitting next to her and like hey he's he's a little under (laughs) like something like that (laughs) yeah i was like i was like really appreciative of that and uh Yeah. yeah she's a really really outstanding coach too so you so you jumped 12 your senior year and mm-hmm. you you were obviously able to go and compete in college so like how did that work were you recruited hard or did you kind of how did, what was your path to college um i was recruited and actually um i was recruited to colleges as a pole vaulter but also as a multi as a hep um just because i did do like long jump and hurdles and i had done two decathlons in high school um so I really wanted to go and be a multi and I chose Texas state university because they had promised me that I could do multiple events and pole vault. So I could do it all. Okay. And then as soon as I got there, they got an entirely new train or new coaching staff. And the new coach was like, Nope, just pole vault. And I was like, wow. oh. <laughs> okay. so you were disappointed well, about that. Cause you really enjoyed the other ones. I mean, I liked pole vault, but I, at that point, like I didn't love it. It, it was, it was like a hot, it was fun. It was cool, but I was, I didn't have any passion behind it. Wow. So what was your main squeeze? Like, what did you like, like the most? Like, what was your, what was your event? I mean, I loved to run like, like, for, like the, the 300 meter, well, we did 300 meter hurdles in high school, obviously, but like, I wanted to do the 400 meter hurdles. Like I loved um, those. And I know it's <laughs> a terrible event. <laughs> I know, but I loved it. That and like long jump. I just, I wanted to do like, I want to do everything really. Um, so yeah. What, was, what are your PRs in those? What, what's your PR in the long jump? I'm just curious. Oh my gosh. I don't in high school. I think I jumped like, I don't think I jumped 18 feet. I think I jumped 17, 10 or like 17, wow, 11. Yeah. So I read under 18 because I was pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting though. So you, you kind of, that's weird though, that you pulled out the 12 feet in high school. And that was like a side project. Like that's, 
that's kind of high to be like a side project, right? Yeah, but well, I mean, kind of, I don't, I, okay. Granted, even though Brooklyn was like helping me out, I still, I was like, went over on my back. Like the coach at my high school gave me like this 14 foot pole and I had the one pole and I just had to like, <laughs> you were on a 14 foot long pole in high school and you're doing that. But he was, I mean, he just didn't know what he was doing. He was just like, look, we got you a longer pole. That means you can come tired. Just try this one out. Like, <laughs> That's kind of how it goes though, right? I mean, yeah, you, you work, you work with high school kids, right? Pardon? You work with high school kids, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure you see it all the time. Just oh yeah, that, they, they trust me fully. If I put a pole in their hands, I could put like an 18 foot long pole in their hands. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So, so you go to Texas State and then you, how, how was your development through college? I mean, it was a little, it was, it <laughs> It was interesting. Um, like I said, as soon as I got there, I was pretty bummed about like not doing multi-events and pole vault. Like I said, just didn't really have the passion for Like I loved, I loved the hard running workouts with the team. Like I loved hills. I loved tempo, all that. Um, but pole vault practices were just like, I mean, they were having to break down everything and like reteach me essentially how to pole vault from like the bottom up. And it was just boring to me. Like it just wasn't very fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna lie, like the first two years, I just, I partied way too hard and there we go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, this is a great, this is a great segue. Cause I, I was just, I just had this talk with uh, a kid that, that I work with that is going off to school and, and I, I'm sure we'll have that talk with a lot of kids, you know, and you went through that and I, I had a really rocky freshman year, um, as well. And I think maybe we go through things sometimes though. So then you can maybe advise other people and be like, Hey man, like I went through this and I kind of did this thing. And if I were to go back, maybe I might do things a little differently. Is there anything like that you would say like, Hey, these are the things that I probably shouldn't have done. Or these are the things that I, I maybe would have taken back. Oh God, absolutely. I mean, that, that first year was the worst for sure. And at the end of my first year, um, they cut part of my scholarship. Ooh. And that was the biggest, like, smack to the face. And I was like, oh, that's hard. You know, just like paying for college is it's a lot of money. So even getting like a certain percentage off that scholarship, like that, I just, I cringed having to tell my parents about it. And it was like, all right, we need to find a balance. Like, you know, I just, I went to college, I was away from my parents, I was in a different state and I just like went crazy. Well, there's gotta be a balance between everything that you do. I still think you can go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And like, I advise my kids to go and have fun, but make sure that like, you're going to class, like you're getting the grades, like you're still putting the work in, you know, because especially if you are on scholarship, like that's still your job, you know, right. it's it is fun and it's gotta be like something that you love. But at the end of the day, like you're essentially getting paid for it like a job. So you need Absolutely. to go and make sure that you do it. Um, and I did not take that seriously. And I wish had I gone back that I, I would have done that more, more so. so. So you wish you would have just treated it more like, Hey, this is like my job, like a profession, if you will, like, and I'm being paid yes. to do this and I need to be a professional here, yes. you know, Absolutely. and it actually could, could, it's like almost, you could think of it like training for, if you want to compete after college, because that's how you have to treat it after college too, is like, this is my job. This is my profession. I, you know, I have a lot of time 
a lot of free time. I can't just go and just be willy nilly with it and do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I got to treat it like a real professional, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I talk with this uh, young lady about too, is you mentioned class. Okay. So I always tell all the people that are going off to school now, cause they're all pumped up. They're going to different States, like you're saying, or, you know, being away from their parents for the first time. I'm like, just start with just this, just start by telling yourself, I'm just, I'm going to go to class. Just I show up show up man <laughs> just that's, do that that's literally all i say too that's all i say to you and listen like undergrad is not that hard i mean it like it sucks and honestly some of the classes that like didn't apply to my major i was like why the hell am i doing this like this it's just it's stupid to me but but right. to master class and i just got like i turned in the work that's all you got to do literally. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what it is. A lot of like college and actually I think just education in general is just, I, I don't want to sound like, I don't want this to sound bad, but like almost like busy work. It's just yes. like you, you, yeah. it's busy work and you just have to like grind through it. You just have to be like, okay, I just got to do this homework. I can find all the answers right here in this book. I just have to find them and just take the time yes. and do it. It's just like, you know, if you just show up and you just turn your stuff in on time, you're like 90% of the way there. You're going to pass. It's going <laughs> to be okay. Know? Right. But yeah. <laughs> I, re I remember I, I went to university of Alabama my freshman year and I, I did a very similar path, just had a lot of fun and, and, and then never went to class. And then the traveling for track was like track. Yeah. really different. It was like, we leave on Wednesday and get home on Sunday and be like, hold up. Like, when was I supposed to do my homework? You know, and when was I supposed to study? And I remember I just was like, you know what? I got an idea. I'm just going to switch to all bogus classes and then it'll be really easy. And then that's that. So mm -hmm. I ended up transferring back up north to uh, Illinois and 16 of my 32 credits transferred over because the, oh, no. the college was like, what are these classes? Like, human environmental sciences what what is that <laughs> like so i i and i had i was on a good scholarship too and so i look back on that and and i'm finally done paying my student loans which is great but i just think to myself like dude if you would have just showed up and just turn your homework in on time you could have saved like tens of thousands of dollars probably. a lot of you money know? a lot of money yes yeah it's frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the uh, college rant, kids. Everybody uh, go to class and turn your stuff in on time. So, <laughs> um, All right, back to the pole vaulting side of things. So how, how did you jump in college? So I ended up jumping my senior year. Um, I jumped 430, oh, wow. so 14 feet. Um, and that... That was my, that was by far my best year. And the year before that I had jumped 13 feet, um, my junior year, it was really like really after that freshman year that I kind of took off. However, my sophomore year, I was really injured pretty much the whole outdoor season. So that was tough. What kind but, of like, junior and senior year is really when I got my shit together and I, I like decided that I wanted to be good. And so I started progressing a lot. Right. What, what injuries did you deal with? Um, they couldn't, they couldn't ever figure it out, but it was like a knee problem on my left knee and it just hurt all the time. And obviously I was going to the trainers day at treatment, um, you know, 24 seven, it just 
wasn't wanting to improve. And they, um, the head coach did not want to redshirt me, which at the time I was pissed about, but ended up being a total blessing in disguise, um, just because of what was to come. But, um, at that time I just didn't understand it. So I was just trying to like get through the season. Right. Right. And you did all four years at Texas state. He did. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, what kind what poles and grips and stuff were you on just, uh, so that people know they like all the people who listen to this love numbers. So yeah, like four, you got, come on, you got to remember your first 14 foot clearance, right? I don't know about my first 14 foot clearance, but I, I know what I jumped at like conference. Cause I, that was a really good day. Um, I think, okay. I was definitely on a 14, six pole. I want to say it was like an 18.0, uh, which is like a 170. Wow. Um, I pretty much in college, I actually jumped on bigger poles in college and the first year out of college than I do now. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. So you just like cleaned up your technique or just get on really yes. fat ones now or. So, um, I mean, I'm definitely like, I mean, I'm still on like 18, 0, 17, 6, 17, 0, but in college I would get all the way up to like a 180 borderline, like 185 pole. And right. I have a hard time surpassing my 14, 6, 175 right now. Um, Whoa. not necessarily because I can't, but because I don't just like plow through it. Like I did. I, I just understand kind of how to set it up a lot better, um, to catch the timing of the pole versus just like, I mean, I was like a bull just coming in in college. That's interesting. So like, so you had, I mean, obviously you've had a lot of progress since you left college, you mm -hmm. jumped like what, like a foot and foot and a half higher or something. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, um, so yeah. So, so you attribute that to like Brooklyn's coach. Cause you train at elite sports right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is that Brooklyn just like getting in your technique and just sharpening it up over the years? Or what do you think, you know, took you from that 14 foot level? Cause that's like a, not a normal jump. Like that's a huge jump, like from 14 feet to what's your official personal best. It's 470, which is 15.5. Yeah, that's gigantic. Like <laughs> to be a post collegiate athlete and improve by a foot and a half is ridiculous. So tell us about how you go <laughs> and do that because that's very impressive. I just think that even um, in I mean, I had the four years in college, but basically, I feel I like feel like I started freshman year by like stripping away my pole vaulting technique coming from high school, like going over on my back. <laughs> Um, and I was still so raw my senior year, like, I mean, granted much better and like powerful and, and could jump 14 feet. Um, but it definitely took like a lot of teamwork between like myself, Brooklyn, her dad, some other coaches that gave me tips along the way. And then even like me doing my own research and like do it, taking a lot of video and understanding what about my vault specifically could improve or could we improve upon the most that was going to make the, you know, the biggest difference. So right. a lot of understanding and knowledge. Yeah. And believing in your technique, that's one consistent thing that I've seen people who are successful, um, in the pole vault and actually kind of sports in general is, is they believe in their way of doing things and they don't try yes. to, you know, be something else. And they don't like, if you don't fit like exactly into the pole vaulting model that, 
you know, everyone wants to see that you're just cool with that. And it's like, you know what, I, I may never like look exactly like that, but this yeah. is how I think that I'm going to be able to pull out my best. You know? Yes, absolutely. I always say that like everybody's got, you know, their own fingerprint vault yeah. and you don't try and like alter your fingerprint. You just, you make the best of what you got. And like right. you build on that. Like I, I did actually, I was with another coach for about two years and he changed me to having a straight left leg, which I'm a, I'm a tucker naturally. I'm not like a tuck and shoot tucker, right. but I like to tuck my left leg in. And he wanted me to do the straight leg on the way up on my swing. Yeah. Um, and I did change. it. Pardon? That's a big change though. It like change. it can alter things a lot. It is a big change. And although I will say it had huge benefits to how fast my swing got and like how much stronger I got um, kind of in my lower core trying to make that happen. It completely messed up my takeoff and the rest of my vault by just trying to like do this one different piece of it, piece of the puzzle. Um, And I ended up moving back after those two years to be with Brooklyn again. And immediately we took that out and turned, like went back to just like my natural tuck. And it's just like, I popped right back up there. Right. Right. Everything was kind of realigned. And I was like (laughs) this, you know what? Like that was a good test. That was a good experiment. It didn't work for me. I know now, like I'm, this is what my body wants to do. So like, let's keep improving that way. Have you, so have you found yourself like earlier on in your post-collegiate career being like trying to like grasp for straws, like maybe this is the thing that's going to make me, you know, be that much better, or maybe it's this thing, or is that, is that, did that kind of, did you go through a phase like that? I don't know about a phase. I think that like, as always, it's all trial and error, right? Right. No matter what you're doing. Like if you're an elite athlete, like with workouts, with recovery, with nutrition, like you have to experiment to figure out what's right for you. Right. And sometimes, you know, it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And you backtrack a little bit and you figure it out. And then you just keep moving down the path that you're meant to move down really. So I don't think that it's necessarily a phase and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to say like, Ooh, you know what? Katie Najat is doing that. I'm going to try that on my next ball to see if it works for me. Like, I I mean, why not play? (laughs) Right. Right. And you can take little, you don't have to take the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like your whole jump doesn't have to look like Katie Najat, you know, like we're using her as an example, but Mm -hmm. like, you can take a little piece of it and you can yeah. just be like, Oh, I kind of like what, you know, she does there. And then it could, it could maybe kind of fit into what I do a little bit better, but I, I really do believe, I really think that people who have a deep like belief in the way that they do things always end up, you know, kind of being more successful and happy and, and, and things like oh, that. Oh, yes. 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 Just, just, you know, I, I, I just see so many times people that are like, you know, just really grasping and just like, I know that like this thing over here, if I like dorsiflex my foot at the top or, or whatever, <laughs> then I'm going to jump a foot higher. And it's, and it's like, man, it's really not, 
you know, there really is no magic pill in this whole no, thing. And I did that not. too. I did that too. Like I went through a phase, I went through a lot of phases where I was just like, you know, this guy over here can jump higher than me because I, because he does this or that. And it's like, no, he's just faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And stronger. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, um, so how did you end up, what, what's the story behind you, uh, representing Canada? Um, so I've had dual citizenship since I was born. My mom is full maple-blooded Canadian and her whole family still live in, um, in Canada. We visit them all the time. I'm really excited to go to my cousin's wedding up in Calgary in a couple weeks. Um, that'll be fun. So kind of as soon as I decided to go pro, I just, I essentially just had the option and it was like, Hey, you want to go for Canada or team USA? And ultimately I chose Canada for a number of reasons, but if I'm being completely honest, like it was 100% selfish because being with Canada, I'd have way more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's way fewer, uh, athletes in Canada, pole vaulter, like women pole vaulters specifically. So right. I'd have more likelihood to go to championships and world competitions. And also it's like, with being a Canadian vaulter, there's competitions, you know, Europe, wherever they don't want a field of all us vaulters. Like they want a field of, you know, a diverse field. So like, I don't want to just be one in the mix in the U S like, I want to have, I want to be able to give myself the best chance, I guess. So very selfish, but I'm going for it. And now I, I mean, it It, it it is, but it's, 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 I don't think it's, I don't know. Selfish is the right word. I think it's just, it makes sense. Just no, like I mean, if, absolutely. If you, to if me, it does. Me, <laughs> yeah. If you gave me like an option between two jobs and it's like this one over here, you're going to be paid more. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to have, you know, much more opportunity for uh, growth and things like that. I'd be like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go with that job. You know, yeah. Like, it makes makes more sense to me. Yeah. But um I definitely have love for both countries and and now I just I absolutely like love my Canadian team and all the staff and whatnot. I've just gotten to know them over the years. So I just couldn't see myself um being on another team really. Right. Do you ever run into haters about all that? Oh yeah. Oh really? yeah. Really? <laughs> on both sides, really. I mean, is hate haters gonna hate. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> yep got to stay in your lane right yeah um yeah so that so you've been to two olympic games now so what like your first olympic games tell us about like what what is the process for as a canadian uh what's the process for getting into you know like a national team and and then like you know for let's just go through maybe that first olympics just the first olympic experience I mean, it was, it was wild. So, I mean, my, it was 2016 and I was just done with college, had just graduated and we knew we were going into the Olympic trials in Canada. Well, in the U S they take the top three, like you're, you're going your top three in Canada. They take the top two, the third person, if they have the standard gets voted on if they're going. So only the top two were like a, a sure thing. So we go to the the Olympic trials um, and it is 
pouring rain and like 52 degrees outside by far the toughest conditions I've ever had like ever since then and everything um crosswind and everything we had two or three rain delays each were at least like an hour long I went through all my clothes soaking wet and by the and like I said in Canada there's not as many vaulters jumping as high so you went through like all of these um lower jumping vaulters were finally it's me Alicia Newman and Kelsey Abbey who are finally entering the competition and it's like we know all three of us have jumped fairly close to the same height, like who's going kind of thing. So we're like fighting for our life. And, and Alicia jumps 440 um, on her first attempt. And then the rain starts coming down again. And we have another delay. Me and Kelsey are like, <sighs> like okay. So just trying to get our stuff together. And um, <laughs> sorry, there's a lot more to this story, but I won't say that part. Um, well, we, we jump. I end up coming in second based off misses, but I got okay. second and I walk to, with my dad to Alicia. Yeah. To Alicia okay. is Alicia, me, Kelsey. And I walk over to my dad, just like crying. And he's like, what, what's wrong? And I was like, I didn't win. <laughs> I got second. <sighs> he looks at me. He's just like, I've, I don't think I've ever met somebody upset about making it to an Olympics. Oh, and I just kind of looked at him and I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> like, right. the freaking Olympics. Like, it just, oh, I mean, it was crazy. And then thankfully, um, they did vote for Kelsey to go as well. So it was the three of us, which oh, I'm cool. so happy about because um, Kelsey and I got to room together and it was great. Um, That's so. Insane. Yeah, yeah, that, that must have been really, really crazy, especially with like all the adversity that you guys kind of went through. And, and, uh, yeah. So, how old were you? Were you, you were like 21, 22? 20, yeah, 21. Oh my gosh. That's so cool, man. Just right <laughs> out of college, you make your first Olympic team. That's, yeah. Wild. That's wild. Yeah. So, was... so, how was the experience? Uh, how did you jump at the first one and, and, and all the, that story? Oh, I choked. I absolutely choked. I mean, besides like competing in Canada, I had never competed internationally before. Right. And I get there and they like walk us into the arena and I'm just like dumbfounded. Like, uh, okay, okay, I can do it. And no, I couldn't do it. Um, Is it like, you? I mean, like, cause I always think to myself, like all, all the venues that I've jumped in, like I've never jumped in like a large stadium, like with like tons and tons of people. Like, was it, how distracting was that? Like, I always wonder myself, like how, like the visual and, and all things like that. Was it just like super distracting? And weird? back then a hundred thousand million percent. Yes. I mean, yeah. I like my senses were just going nuts. I didn't even know what to do with myself. Like I, one of my jumps in the competition, I went straight into the standard and I was just Ooh. like, I don't know how to pull ball. I don't know what i'm doing um yeah that was that was a disaster but it was like a, such a huge learning experience like i had the best time ever obviously was not happy about how i did but it was just like still being there was was so cool right right yeah that's insane so so like what what did happen i don't want to like dig up a whole bunch of uh bad memories but i just am curious like how it, how it went so so did you like did you did you like blow up in the prelim or so 
Well, I got dead last basically. <laughs> I there mean, I jumped, I jumped my opening height, which I believe was 420. That's I think a, that year. It's decent opening height though. Come, I mean, for your first experience, you didn't know height. That's pretty I mean, awesome. No, I did not know height. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, yeah, I cleared on on like my third attempt and then I didn't jump anything after that. Yeah. So it's a lot. So, it's a lot on your, like during that time of your life, that's probably what was the biggest meet you jumped in before that? Like, was it a Canadian <laughs> trials or, like yeah. the, or um, maybe, Oh um, no, probably nationals. nationals? Or, yeah. Yeah. I was say, yeah. Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, but you know, I don't know. It still is. It's really, really cool. That you were able to make a team and stuff like that. So you go and you, you don't do as well. So how do you, what, what happened whenever you got out of that? So I, one thing that is really important as a professional athlete and just anything in life in general is your ability to bounce back and bounce back quickly. Um, so how do you, are there any things that you do specifically when you get derailed to like bounce back as quick as possible? Do you let yourself just, do you just let it rip and just, I don't know, cry or throw stuff or, <laughs> or like, do you give yourself like a certain amount of time? Like, Hey, you can, you can be upset about this until now. And then you got to let it go. Or how, how do you deal with that adversity? I, I always give myself a grace period to be as upset or distraught as I want to be, whether it is like crying, throwing things, whatever. I give myself like a certain amount of time and I'm like, okay, at the end of that time, that's it. It's time to move on. We're going to learn from that. Um, but just like as long, like my dad always used to tell me the best athletes have short-term memory loss, Yeah, which I think is hundred percent correct. As far as like focusing on the negatives. But as I think it's also important to like have a long-term memory in terms of like, this is what happened and this is not going to happen to me again because I learned from it to do these things or to do this better next time in better preparation. Like if this happens again, I'll know how to be ready for it. So are you, would you consider yourself more of naturally like drifting towards positivity? Like, are you... Are you always trying to look for positive and stuff, or do you find yourself having issues with only like focusing on the negative stuff? Um, by nature, I'm very, I'm not going to say I'm very negative. I'm just a perfectionist. I mean, it, it's since my gymnastics days, like I just want everything perfect. Well, in pole vault, that's obviously you just, you ain't going to get that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I really have to put more emphasis on trying to find the positives and trying to seek those out and focus on those um, because the negatives they do, they take over your brain. And then all of a sudden it's like, you just, you can't vault anymore. Like you're too wrapped up in everything and it's becomes like fearful and you're just in a bad place. So I a hundred percent like make myself focus on all the positives. And that's something that has to be trained, you know, yes. you, you yeah, have to that's, train that. Yes. I mean, it's the same as like going to the weight room to train your muscles. You got to train your brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then have you, you have you seen that kind of progress? Have you, as you've gotten older, you're able mm -hmm. to be more mature and more rational about stuff like that. Way more. It's, it's more of, um, like, I guess, uh, acknowledging 
when I am having certain feelings and like understanding that I'm happy having them. Cause I, I, my coaches will tell you, like, I was a shithead. I was such a bad athlete to coach. Like I threw tantrums. I got frustrated. I'd be like seeing red yelling, cussing, like the whole nine, just probably like the, nobody wanted me as an athlete, I swear. And just focusing on things and being like, Hey, okay. Pause for a brief moment. This is how I'm feeling. And this is why I'm feeling it. Now, how do we fix it? Whether that's like just me having that conversation with myself or me actually having that conversation with my coach, you know, like when that's necessary, but it's just like taking a breather, like, wait a minute, pause. You're getting, you're pushing into that red area. Like let's, let's back it up. So did somebody like, not literally, but just figuratively kind of grab you and be like, Hey, you got to snap out of this. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to stop throwing these tantrums and you got to stop doing this stuff and you need to start to become more of a mature athlete. Was there somebody that did that for you or did you just recognize that about yourself and start changing it? No, it was more than once that that happened, but it, there was only like two times that it actually clicked for me. And one, one was when my teammate called me a bitch at practice and I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. And I, I had to go and take a good look at myself. Like, I mean, because at first my initial response was like, fuck you say, like, sorry for cussing so much. But then my second response was like, let me look in the mirror and really think, why do you call me? No, but so that was the first time. Then the second time definitely was like a sit down conversation with Brooklyn. And she was like, look, if you're trying to get to that next level, like this can't we're not going to do it like this. Right. We've got to have a different system. Right. Right. So Brooklyn's kind of been that, you know, kind of sports psych type person for you as well. Yeah. Do you see, do you, that's something that comes up all the time too, is uh, people who actually see like sports psychs. Do you, do you do any of that or? Yeah. So I have in the past um, and I was this year for a while and um, I put that on pause when I started traveling and whatnot, because, um, I do get a little bit of like travel anxiety mm. and stuff. And I know I'm at this point, I know myself. So the best way is to like, just like clean my plate and just like let myself kind of go with the flow. Um, so right now I'm not, but sometimes I do think it can be super beneficial, even if it's just like, even if it's just talking, like venting out all the crap that you're feeling and practices to somebody who has somewhat of an understanding of what is happening or like wants to listen to you rather than just like a friend or a family member. Cause obviously they're going to pat your back and be like, it's okay, honey. Like, no, I don't need that. I know it's okay. The world's not in me. Like, but to just for somebody to be there and listen and give you advice on it, I think is really important. Yeah. And somebody who, you know, kind of, has some sort of context to how much this means to you. Right. You know, yeah. like that's another hard thing too, is as an athlete, you know, that saying it's okay. You know, it's, you know, you said the world's not ending. It's going to be okay. And it's like, dude, that's really not what I want to hear right now. You, <laughs> you don't understand how <laughs> much this me. means to me. You don't understand how much this thing that I've been working for and that I live and breathe every single day of my life. Like you don't understand how much this means to me. And, uh, it's, it is difficult because 
the world isn't ending, but sometimes this sport really has a way of making you think that it is like, it's really wild how much it can grab you, you know, like it can grab you and just take you and just drag you down if you don't be careful. And, uh, yeah, you got to have somebody who understands like, Hey, this is not, you know, to you, it might be like a joking matter. Like, Oh, it's okay. You just know how did like big deal, you know, but it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going to go. I'm going to be thinking about this for a long, long time <laughs> you know. and I'm going to lay in bed tonight and I'm not going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Cause I'm then, going over every one of my bolts. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Is there anything like any strategies in particular that you found that maybe, um, I don't know, like visualization or, or any sort of self-talk stuff that you use during competitions or any sort of psych stuff? Yes. yes. I love visual- visualization a lot. Um, I do that pretty much daily, just thinking about like trying to do one or two, like what I would consider like perfect vaults in my head. Um, and I do like one from like my view going down the runway and like one from a bird's eye view, like looking at it from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, um, that's, that's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite way to do it. And then yes, self-talk. My self-talk is probably a lot more interesting than like normal people's. Um, it involves like a lot of cuss words. <laughs> I like hype myself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, I, I could see that. <laughs> I see that. That's, that's awesome though so yeah that what you had mentioned about the different like camera angles like the first person visualization and you know watching it from you know somebody who's maybe watching you in the stands and like visualizing that that is really powerful it's it's extremely it sounds very basic but it's really hard to do like yes, to, to go through the whole it vault, is. especially in the first person. Like if you're visualizing yourself yes. and you're, you know, I would always like be visualizing and then I would like, I'd be like going, going really well, like in my head. And then I'd hit the back of the box and then somewhere between me hitting the back of the box and this visualization and then the rest of it, like it would just like, I'd hit sticking points where mm-hmm. I couldn't visualize myself past certain points without being sidetracked. Yes. You ever find that? Oh, absolutely. That's why sometimes, like I said, like I try and, you know, do two, right? One, uh-huh. but, and sometimes it'll take me three minutes to do it. Like right. I'll hit my boom, boom. And another time it'll take me like 15 minutes and I'll sit there and I'll, and I'll, <laughs> sometimes it's bad, but sometimes like I'll picture myself just like splatting back on the runway and I'm like, oh, oh no, <laughs> don't <laughs> want to do that. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> let's, let's try again. Let's try again. Let's make that not happen. And I'll sit there and I'll just like squeeze, 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 like going down the runway. Okay. Okay. That was better. So yeah, it it is is crazy. It's crazy though, because you're like, yeah, I'm just literally trying to just do two, like two reps in my head. You know, I think you said every day and most people would be like, oh my gosh, why would you only do two? Well, try to do it, you know, And, and really try to feel it too. That's the other thing too, is you can't just like, can't just like visualize it. You have to try to feel like what it feels like too. And, and it's, it is a powerful thing. I remember the best season I ever had was the only season that I consistently did visualization techniques. And, um, 
and I was pretty diligent about it. And they, I think that they do work, but it's just like meditation. Like it's a practice and you, and you have to be diligent about executing the practice consistently. And that is hard to do because what's the first thing that's going to go like in your busy schedule meditation, see ya, you know, I'm busy, you know? And so that's the first thing that gets kicked out the door, but you have to, you know, you got to take time. You have to take time for these little tiny things, especially at the level that you're at you, every little tiny bit, you know, is going to really mean a lot. All the details. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, Okay. So you, and then, so your second Olympics, what, how was your second Olympics? Was it better than the first or worse or? I mean, oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. But this one day is just gonna like haunt me for the rest of my years. So, I mean, like I was so prepared. I was so prepared. And honestly, like that, it being pushed back a year from COVID was just a huge benefactor to me. I, I needed that thousand million percent. Um, I was so ready going in so confident, like at feeling at my best, like at my peak, um, prelims was phenomenal. Like I went in with a great mindset and I'm the type of athlete that, um, I love to find a balance between like being serious and being focused and also being silly and having fun, <laughs> serious, right. focused, silly, fun. Like just combining those two is kind of like where I do my best. Mm-hmm. So I went to the warmups and like music's going and I'm bouncing around like warmups, boom, easy. Um, my first height, like cleared it. No problem. It was four forty. Oh, is what I opened up at. Um, easy. And then it starts raining. Mm. <laughs> And so we have a delay before the next height. And I was thinking during the, well, actually it didn't occur to me until afterwards, really. But so we're like under the covers um, and I'm still like bouncing around with the music, just like chilling. Like the rain didn't re- derail me at all. It was like, okay, it's raining. Like I'll be ready whenever it stops raining to go back and like fight for my spot for the final kind of thing. Yeah. And um, they was playing like Lady Gaga rain on me. And so I'm like singing and dancing (laughs) to it. And one of the like officials DM me the next day. And she was like, I can't, I cannot believe you were standing under that cover, like dancing while it was raining during your preliminaries. Like I've never seen an athlete do that before. Yeah. Um, And I just thought it was the best. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know, old me like would not have been that chill about what was going on, what was happening, but like where I was mentally, you just like, you couldn't mess with my head that day. Um, right. So then rain stopped. We went back in. I was like the third athlete up to go. And it was four fifty-five, And I just like first two athletes, like miss, miss. And I grabbed my pole and I hit it first attempt. Like no problem. Nice. I was just, I was in it. And that's all it took to get me to the finals. I was like, I'm that's done. Awesome. It's like that feels so good. Like two jumps and done. That's it. It, it was that's amazing. Incredible. So, so you were just like in the zone kind of that day. It was just like yes. that, like you said, that perfect blend of serious, but chill and just like loose and, yes. and just like, you know, that's when the best stuff happens, you know, Imagine you're in that space, yeah. you know, that's awesome. So two jumps, yeah. you make it to the final with a rain delay and then how'd the final go? <sighs> <laughs> okay. So, and also. Backstory is 
we were not able to have our personal coaches at this Olympics because of COVID. So I did not have Brooklyn there. Um, and I had Jeff Hartwig, which he was great. Like he, he did a great job helping me out, but like, I don't have the history with him and he doesn't know me as well. Yeah. So on the day of the finals, um, the progression for women was going to be 450 as the opening height and then jump up to 470, which wow, yeah, is a really big jump. Like 20 I mean, centimeter bump, 20 centimeter bump. Why did they do that? No idea. And if you look at it, like from like statistics or, you know, the stats or numbers, right. So like women's was 450, 470. Well, 470 was the qualification height. Meanwhile, the men's competition, theirs was 481, but they opened at like 450 and went like 450, 465, 480, or four, five, five, right. six, whatever. Like yeah. they had three heights before their qualifying height and went by 15. Like it, it didn't make any sense to anybody. Yeah, that's really weird. So in prelims, I had jumped on my normal 14 six series poles. Right. Which at that point for me were just, I mean, like I knew exactly like what pole I was going to use on what bar sort of thing. Well, we had played around on 15 foot poles this last year um, and had some really stellar practices, like really freaking good knowing that those were going to give me like the most pop most time. So in prelims, like just to keep it smooth, I stayed on my 14 sixes, which was the game plan. Yeah. The game plan for finals was to be on the 15s, especially when we saw that like 450, 470, we're like, you need to be on the 15s for this day. Right. Like I'm trying to meddle. I'm not, I'm here to like, I'm all or yeah. nothing. I want you all. made the final, you made the final it's go time. You know? Yes, exactly. Um, so that day we had a little bit of a cross head. Nice. Um, and yeah, yeah. Great. And, uh, all the athletes, were kind of coming up short and it was, it was weird. I'm not like, obviously I like, I don't bring blame the runway or anything. I don't know what it was, but like, we're all just kind of coming up short. And even myself in warmups, I was on sort of small portals and I was still coming up short and it was, it was weird, but I was like, you know what, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm sticking to my guns. Like I'm sticking to my guns. I'm getting on the 15s during the comp. Like I'm going to start on them. I'm taking them all the way through the end. Like I, I want that first attempt to be on a 15. So I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, it right. just not, it was just not my day. Like I, that wasn't the right move strategically. Do you think Brooklyn would have done that if she was there. I'm just curious. If she watches this. I'm sorry, but in Brooklyn, <laughs> after the meet, like if I were there, I would have told you to go, well, you weren't there. You know what? weren't there i made the decision that i made i stuck to my guns i was getting on my big girl poles you know what suck it i fucking tried <laughs> yeah after the competition that was like the first team she said well like if i were there I went, well you weren't there so. <laughs> i just was curious i just was like i i don't know i just i i coached my younger brother and uh he uh, there's been a couple meets this year where i was like yeah i would have maybe done it a little different if i was there but I wasn't there. So, well, and I, and I'm a coach, so I know like the thought definitely did cross my mind. I had like my 14, six, my 15 side by side. And I was sitting there like, "Mm." yeah. So what, what, what pushed you over the edge on like, you know what? It's 15, it's 15 footer time, baby. You know, like what pushed you to that? 
It was knowing that it was going to take a 480 bar to potentially metal. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, all right. So how, like you're, you're talking, those workouts that you're talking about. So those were obviously from your full approach Mm -hmm. on the 15 footers. And then what are you gripping on these? Like 14, three or something? 14, three, 14, six. Yeah. Okay. And so you're, you know, taking cracks at 480, 490 bungees with these and looking pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So that probably played into it too. So you were like, all right, well, I know that I can probably make one of those bars on the 15 footers. And then like, have you done that equivalent on like 14, six long pole? Like, would you jump with like those workouts that you had with the 15 footers that were really good cracks at 480 plus, have you done that on 14 sixers before? I have not. Um, and it's not to say that you can't because I'm a firm believer in like, you know, like sure. potentially if I was on my 14, 6, 16.0 gripping at the top of it, hell yeah, I think it's freaking possible. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. Obviously like Sandy and Katie <laughs> are jumping on 14 sixes and jumping these heights. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely positive po- possible. Um, but just like for where I'm at technically and whatnot, the 15 foot poles just give me the, the most bang for my buck. Mm-hmm. Basically. So that's why I was like, and, um, I knew I could, could clear 450 um, on one of the 14 sixes. And that's the only reason why I had that little second guess moment was like, should I be on the 14 sixes? Like just to make this bar. Right. Right. But I didn't want to get to 470 and not have any looks on my 15s. I understand that. I mean, I, I, I understand. I could see it both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like I could see, I could see it both ways. And I, some people, some people have no problem transitioning from like, let's sit for your example, like 14, six, like make your, Hey, let's make your first two bars on 14 sixers. And then we'll go up to the 15 footers. You know, some people are totally cool with that. I, as an athlete, as a coach, it makes sense to me, but as an athlete, I was not one of those people. I was like, I'm ride or die, you know, either this pole, this length or this length, like which one are we doing? Because I don't want to be bouncing around here, you know, cause the timing is a little different, you know? Yeah. Well, just that little, like, you know, the change in cell piece and everything, like, right. it just, like you said, the timing is a little bit different and I don't want to have to figure out my jump during a competition. Right. Like, and you seem like or, a feel, like a, a feel pole vaulter, like, like yeah. you're very, uh, like, uh, like attached to, you know, just the flow, you know what I'm saying? Like the flow mm-hmm. of your vault. And if you throw something in there, that's going to throw off the flow, then, you know, what goes with the, what goes out the window whenever you don't have the flow is your confidence, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to have that. So yeah, I understand that. I, I just was curious if, uh, if you had talked with, I'm sure you talked with Brooklyn and stuff about it, but I was so mad, damn mad at her <laughs> for that being like the first thing she said to me after the competition. I was like, listen, I didn't know how to at the Olympics on my birthday. Don't say that <laughs> shit to me right birthday. now. It was on my birthday too. No. Like, like, don't terrible. say that. That's not, I don't give a, don't say that to me right now. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> did she, did she tell you happy birthday at least? 
I mean, yeah. Early <laughs> After right before you hung up, she was like, "All right, fine, happy birthday." <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's not even my birthday anymore. I'm not celebrating it today. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. So, so you had the NH in the finals, and uh, and were you just coming up short still on those on those fifteen footers? So short. What were your standards and, at? I mean, my last attempt, I threw them all the way at like fifty. Oh wow. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty close. I know. And it was on like, it was on the smallest 15, which that was, oh my gosh. I just didn't even, I, I still don't even have words for it, but like coming down and knocking the bar off and being like, just about in the box, it felt like, and just sitting there, like what the hell, like, mm-hmm. did that just happen? Did I just have three, like, am I at the final? I just, right. Like, this has got to be a nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> I know that's, yeah, that's really frustrating. I, uh, I could, I've never been to an Olympics, so I don't know exactly what that's like, but, um, I have experienced a lot of no heights in my day. Actually, my, my, uh, I was a division three vaulter, um, for the rest of my career. And I showed up to a national championship and all I had to do was, you know, open up and, and then I won national championship and freaking no height i'm like how how did that happen how do you do that man all you got to do is clear your opening bar but anyway i wonder if you have you talked to any of the other girls about like hey did you feel like maybe that box was a little sketch or something at at tokyo um i i mean i did talk to like a couple people like i talked to morgan lola and stuff um but essentially like people just kind of chalked it up to like nerves and whatnot which I will say in the final, it's such a different energy than the prelims. Like in prelims, you've got like 48 girls on two pits. There's like a lot of commotion mm-hmm. and you can kind of just like do your thing. But in yeah. finals, it's so much more isolated. And the girl, <laughs> it's really funny. Like, well, not it's not funny. It makes total sense. But like nobody wants to talk to one another because they're so... Right. Trying to be like focused on themselves and just like right. Which is is totally fine with me. Um, it's just a different energy on the field. Absolutely. So I like I get how that can how that can translate over to like how you're vaulting um and whatnot. And then like the wind didn't help either. And and see like I think, you know, one after another, like you see a girl go veer off this way and then a girl come up short, just about land in the box, and you're just like right (laughs) yeah it is it it's weird it could you know sometimes though those things do happen where you get to a facility and it's just kind of like either well for high school and college sometimes that box collars and in the uh in the box and that can throw things off and you there's other things that go into it that you don't think about you know if that box is angled just slightly in the wrong direction you know it can yeah i choose not to think about those things (laughs) (laughs) you already have enough to think about pole vault like don't yeah like those are uncontrollables right like control and everybody has to (laughs) jump on it too so yeah exactly. exactly how was it with uh there not being any people in the stands like were, were there a lot people in the stands or no no there's nobody and I hated that um and it's not that I'm like the type of athlete that like is out there for clout like I like I need the clap or anything like that um right. but 
freaking Olympics. Like I want, yeah. I want the whole vibe. Like I want the scene. I want the, like, I want a Olympic experience. Like right. it just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. And I, I really hated that, but I knew that going in, that was one of the things that like I mentally prepped for because I knew right. I wasn't going to like it. So I was like, okay, when you get in there, like, this is not a disappointment. Like you're in there to be high, like you create your own energy. So if the, yeah. if the audience is not, is not there to get it for you, like you're going to get it yourself. So like right. I had done visualizations, like walking out and seeing empty chairs mm. and still feeling like hyped up from it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that probably was pretty strange. So were there any other events going on while the vault was going on? Yeah, there were, um, I mean, there were some running events going on. I think there know if there was a throwing event going on during ours or not but I mean there definitely were a couple other events but it just felt it just still like I I don't even quite have an explanation for how it felt it was kind of eerie that's Um, what I would think too I would think it would be eerie I think eerie is a good word for it because even when you're like watching on TV, it's kind of just very strange. Like they build this, you know, billions of billions of dollars on this, these facilities. And then it's just like, there's nobody in them. Yeah. Kind of creepy, man. That's yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I remember watching like, like the final of the men's and women's 100 meter sprint. And like, obviously that's like one of the most sought after races to watch. And you expect like just the like roar from the crowd. Right. And when it's not there and you're like, <laughs> it's, it just, it's awkward. Like, I don't even know. It, I just, I mean, I sat there and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go for Paris. Cause this just doesn't count. Like, yeah, no, it counts. It, it's just a weird one, man. At least you got a quick turnaround for this next one, right? Yes. That's oh, pretty God, nice. Yes. How, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 28. I'm going to be 31 at the next Olympics. That's perfect. That's when every, <laughs> that's basically when every pole vaulter gets hot. No, right? actually, I swear actually, it's like 29, yeah. 30, 31, 32. Yes. Like that's when everybody gets hot. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yep. I'll be, I'll be peaking. <laughs> we'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that really weird how in the pole vault, like that's kind of how it is, is, mm-hmm. is that late twenties, early thirties is kind of that sweet spot for yes. elite vaulters. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That actually segues into what else I wanted to talk to you about is you are ripped. Like <laughs> how, how do you do that? Like you're shredded and how, how, what, how do we get to this spot where you just naturally kind of always like that? Or do you like really, are you really strict on your nutrition or obviously you train hard? Yeah. You got to hit those Annika abs. No. Um, I mean, definitely part of it's like jeans. I mean, I got great jeans from my dad. Like he's, he's an athlete. Um, and he's gosh, like 60 and still has a six pack. So definitely hereditary, but, um, I'm super strict with, with what I eat. Um, last year too much. So I'm going to be completely honest. Like I, um, I like, I wouldn't even let myself have a bite of somebody's like piece of cake at di- at dinner right. or something like that. And I would pick out all the, the toppings that like weren't healthy for you. And just very, very particular about like what I was putting into my body, um, 
which was great. Like, obviously it showed and, you know, you get tone and whatnot, but again, I think like life's all about finding balances. So I'm not as much that way this year. Um, like I was just in Italy last week and I definitely had, like, I had pizza. I had, I had gelato. Good. Looked yeah, really no, good. <laughs> it was delicious. And like, I still feel good. Like, you know, it's, it's not hurting my body cause I'm not eating it like excessively. Um, but yes, like, like that nutrition for sure. And then I work my ass off on core because well, specifically because I am a woman and like, since we have that like lower center of gravity, I know it's that much harder for us to get like our ass over our head. So for sure, for sure. I actually never, I, uh, Melissa Gurgle is a vaulter that, mm-hmm. uh, works at, at our, our gym. And she explained that to me the other day. And I had never even considered that. Really? And yeah. I seriously had never thought about that. And she was like, no, it's like, think about it. Like a woman's center of gravity is going to be lower, like on their hips where like a male's mm-hmm. is going to be like up in their shoulders. Yeah. And she was like, so it's really difficult for us to get our hips over the top of our shoulders. So we have to be like even stronger than a male would have to be in our core. And I was like, yes. holy cow, how have I gone? You know, I've been coaching since I was 18 years old. Like how have I gone this far and not even considered that? Yeah. So that is a really great point. So can you explain kind of what that is and and why you do that core that you do just so people understand it better? I mean, so like I said, like I want to, I want to make it as easy as possible for myself when I am vaulting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to be hard to swing and get my hips over my head. Like I want to be so damn strong that they just pop up there by themselves without me even having to like put any effort into it. Cause otherwise like you're working, you're taking up time and effort to put that work during your vault into getting your hips over your head, where I want to be able to put that effort into other parts of the vault that need it more. Um, so like, <laughs> to my own horn, but like, I take pride in like killing guys on my ab workouts, yeah. you know, cause it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass on this ab workout, but I have to be this strong. Because right. you still have a faster swing than me, or you can still do it more easily in your vault. Um, and you might look like you have the abs, but like I actually have the core kind of thing. Right, right. It's just a really important part of my training. Yeah, you and and if you go on Annika's Instagram, like she's got uh just insane ab workouts on there. Like you you are exceptionally strong in your core. That's it's pretty intense. Like your uh rope climbs in particular, like I think there was one that I saw one time where you were doing a rope climb, you know, with your legs at parallel with a medicine ball, yeah. I think pinched between your legs. And I was like, dang <laughs> that's that, that's like next level stuff. All the way up to the ceiling. And then back down, I'm like, holy cow, but that makes a lot of sense. If you, if you are, you know, doing that and you are, you know, putting in that work and you're really going to be able to just, those hips are just going to pop right over the top and it's not Mm going to be an issue. Um, but as you get older, have you like, obviously when you were younger, it was probably really simple and straightforward to maintain your physique and to maintain your condition and stuff like that. So as you've gotten older, have you found it to become more difficult and have you had to dial things in better? 
Um, not necessarily more difficult. I actually find myself getting a lot stronger and faster each year. Um, like I, I've every year I've hit a new PR in the weight room on certain lifts and stuff like that. And I have gotten way faster. Like my times on the track have gotten way faster each year. Um, so that part is easy for me because like I said, like, I love to train. That's my favorite part of being a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more so having to focus again on the details, like recovery Mm -hmm. and like figuring out when my body needs rest and when it doesn't. Um, cause yeah, when you are young, like you could bounce back like that. Like when you get older, like you need more time to recover and you have to take more time after your workouts to do the cool down and stuff like that. Um, whereas I not, I didn't used to have to focus on those little things. Um, and now I do a lot. So like in that regard, yes, like I'm, I'm having to focus on it more. Um, but in other ways, not so much maybe. Right. Right. Um, so it's back, just back to your nutrition for a second. It's like, what, what are you eating? Is it, is it just a balanced, balanced diet? Or do you have like a specific, do you go like to any of the polls, like tons of carbs or no carbs or this, <laughs> that is it, or is it more just as kind of being diligent about being balanced and just not overeating? Yeah, very balanced. And again, this, like, this was where I had to do trial and error and figure out like what was going to work for me because I, I have tried in the past, like going, you know, more carb heavy or more protein heavy, um, to see if that helps. And that definitely doesn't help me. I find that if I split up my plate with half of it, vegetables, a quarter of it, carbs, a quarter of it, proteins, right. That tends to be like the perfect, um, you know, like perfect plate for me essentially. Um, so that's always how I, I look at it when I'm making things. Do you, um, do you like eat specific carbs, like maybe carbs that are maybe easier to digest? Like, are you, are you like, do you eat a lot of bread or are your carbs more like potato or like white rice or like what, what kind of carbs are we talking here? I'm just trying to get some tips. No, here. you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no, all, all, all of it. Like I eat the bread, potatoes, rice, um, but I never eat uh, like white bread. Um, I always have whole wheat, whole grain, even in rice. Like I'm always having brown rice um, or lentils or something like that, barley, whatever it is, uh, something that's just going to be like more nutrient dense than just right. like a white rice or white bread. Cause I feel like Um, you know, at this point, especially being older, like I'm a, I think of myself as like a a well-oiled machine, right? Like I don't want to put cheap or cheap gas in this car kind of thing. So trying like the best or highest quality of that food that I can find. Right. What about proteins? Do you like, uh, your meat eater and stuff like that? Or I'm, I'm a little bit picky with my proteins. Um, I really, and it's probably for the best, but I hate fatty proteins and I know a lot of people love it. Like I, I, I do love, I love well-cooked steak, but I know, (laughs) I know, I know, but see, I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at picking, picking my battles. Um, but like, I don't, I hardly any red meat unless I'm going for like a really well-cooked steak or something like that, but hardly any red meat. I eat like super lean Turkey, um, chicken. I love fish. Um, obviously like super high in omegas, stuff like that. And that's it. (laughs) Right. Right. Do you supplement at all? Like, like supplements, like, yeah, just like any supplements. Yeah. What kind of supplements are you into? 
Um, so I just started working. I'm really excited with X endurance. Um, and they have like a great line of supplements and it's all, you know, cleared. Cause obviously I get drug tested and I don't want anything to put anything yeah. bad in my body. Um, but I love their like protein powders, creatine, which I just started using this year. Um, and I'm excited like with how it's been helping my body. Um, I use collagen and then I take like the, the pills, the pill supplements. Like I take omegas, I take their endurance and I take their, um, like everyday vitamin supplement, which I love too. Those are all by X endurance. Oh yeah. They've got like the lines of everything. It's, it's great. Like it's exactly kind of what I wanted to work with. So that's awesome. That's really, really cool. So how does that work with like sponsorships and stuff like that? Because I, you have a pretty heavy social media following and you know, all of these different things. So like, how is that? How do you approach that? Do you have an agent that you work with or do you kind of do these companies reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? How does that all work? All of it. All of it. So like they, um, I do have an agent who will find me sponsorship opportunities occasionally. Um, sometimes companies reach out to me and I will just speak with them directly or maybe, you know, text or call my agent and be like, Hey, you think this is a good deal? Can I take it sort of thing? Like, um, or I'll reach out to a company like, okay, for example, I wanted a king bed really bad. I just had like a little double bed and I wanted a king Holy and cow. <laughs> I did not want to pay a king bed price. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I reached out to a mattress company and I said, Hey, I want to get a king bed. Like, you know, I'm willing to offer you like a post a certain amount of stories in exchange for a mattress. Right. And they're like, absolutely. Yes. So they sent the mattress within a matter of days. I made my Instagram post and several Instagram stories, like posted the link, did some promotion for them. And that was it. That's so cool. So have you found like, cause you look like somebody who has kind of been able to use social media as a tool. Has that been something that you have, have learned to use, you know, to further your career? Well, the, the best thing that I use it for is like when I want recovery tools. That is like my favorite thing of all, of all time. Just like any and every recovery tool known to man, I probably have in my apartment, whether it's like, you know, the compression boots, bands, balls, like you name it, STEM machine, ultrasound, like I've got it. Right. And it's always because I'm like, like making sure that if I feel like I'm starting to get injured or have any pains whatsoever, I'm like on it. So yeah. I'm like looking up what I can do, um, to get rid of the pain or like what it might be. And then I want that tool in my apartment. So like I can use it at night after workouts, whenever, like I'm not on somebody else's dime having to use their machines. Um, so I always reach out to companies like, Hey, I've got this issue or this pain going on. Like I would really love to use your modality. Will you send it to me in exchange for something? <laughs> right. Like social media, mm-hmm. like posts or, or stories or whatever. Yeah. That's really cool. And it, it it is kind of a cool thing that, you know, a long time ago, you weren't able to use that yeah. as a tool and it's free too, you know, and you get to kind of promote, um, kind of who you are and stuff like that. So that's probably one of my favorite things that I like that I see on your social media is your fringy type, like health stuff. Like, you know what I'm talking? Like, like you look like you're 
like into like all different types of health and fitness things. You know, you were mm-hmm. talking about the, like the gadgets and, and like, uh, I think I've seen that you, uh, do sauna and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So what are some of the kind of unique, weird, fringy health things that you do? Um, I go, well, I go to cryo all the time and, I, I have a very love hate relationship with cryo. Um, cause I hate, I hate the cold, yeah. uh, but it's, it's like only three minutes. Like I can bear with it, but I love it because I, I swear by it. It makes my body feel so much better. Um, and that's like the easiest form of recovery. Like I have to go in for three minutes and freeze in the freaking chamber and that's it. I already feel so much better the next day. Um, so it's my favorite for sure. I for, love- uh, sorry, sorry. For those people who don't know what cryo is, can you explain what that is really quick? Yes. Cryotherapy is like going into a little, a little chamber that is negative like 180 to 200 degrees. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. So it's, it's cold. Um, and then you sit in there for about three minutes and then you get out and like, I I don't even know, well, I can't list off the top of my head what all the benefits are, but like, it's just, there's so many benefits, like very similar to an ice bath. The one thing that I say is that like, I would much prefer being in the freezing air like that for three minutes than sitting in an ice bath for 10 minutes and only yeah. getting up to my hips. Right. Cause like um, cryo, it gets your entire body, which I feel like it's really important to get where your heart is like where it pumps the blood. Right. Versus your just head's in there. Well, your so there's two, there's two different types of chambers. One, you go all the way in. They, you put a hat on and like a little face mask thingy on. Okay. Cause obviously it'd freeze your head. Um, right. if you didn't, but the other one just goes up to your neck and okay. your head's like sticking out the top like this. Yeah. That's the one that I did. I did that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is interesting. It's I, yeah. So would, so you would rather do cryo than like a cold plunge? Yes. Okay. And that is because you can get your whole body. Like, do you ever do like cold plunges where you go all the way in, like up to your neck in the cold water? Yeah, or no? I just, I can't, I can't stay in long enough. I mean, maybe I could, if someone put a gun to my head, but like, <laughs> I can't stay in long enough for it to like reap the benefits Gotcha. Okay. So I like, if I go in up to my neck, like I, it's like, I just, I have to be out of there within like three, four minutes. Right. Right. Really for like that, you need eight to 10 minutes to get like, get what you need from it. Right. So it's kind of pointless for me to do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. And, and the cryo is very, um, just very convenient because you just walk in you just go in there do your thing and then get out so how often are you doing cryo i usually do it twice a week twice a week okay and do you do that just like immediately after your workout or yeah so usually i mean i plan it out um according to like my training that week um but i usually have like two really hard days back to back monday and tuesday so at the end of tuesday i have my first cryo session that night and then on Friday, I'll do my second cryo session because it's the end of the week. So that yeah. way I can like prepare my body for the weekend and for the next week. Absolutely. And then after I rudely interrupted you for the cryo explanation, you were going to go into something else. What was that? Um, 
I don't remember. Come on, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, okay, we can go into sauna then. Okay. Because <laughs> you uh, you do sauna as well. Yeah, um, I really like the the red laser sauna. Uh huh. Um, because I. I do like, I mean, sitting there and sweating, getting out all the toxins, but I especially love like the red laser that again, kind of like pierces through the skin, through the muscles, help like break up all of that. Like what, it, what is it? Oxidative stress, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oxidation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I enjoy doing that as well. That's awesome. Um, and then do you do any other like fitness practices like yoga or like any other things like that so i just started doing yoga this year um again one of those things love hate relationship i i really hate stretching that's Me like i force myself to do it it's but i do it it's good for you like i i do it um but i did find a great yoga place near me and the instructor like flows through it all we don't just like sit in warrior 1 for 2 minutes cuz i can't stand that i'm way too like <laughs> I need to be moving. So the yoga stuff that like has you sitting in positions and stretches for a minute, I can't stand. I, um, I hate that too. Yeah. yeah. So I found a good yoga flow and I have been really enjoying it, but it is hard because it's like, I think for me specifically and what I'm doing, like 20 to 30 minutes of yoga would be ideal. And this class is like an hour and 15 minutes long. Gosh, dang. Yeah. And I, I do it twice or during preseason, I was doing it like twice a week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to like do a whole stretch class for that long. And I don't yeah. think like, I think at some point that turns into like more exercise. And again, like I have oh, to sure. find a balance when like my body needs rest and recovery versus like when I need a full stretch session. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that seems a little excessive to me. Like, mm -hmm. especially if you're using it as like a recovery tool or, or yeah. something to kind of just supplement, it seems yeah. like another workout almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Basically. But like, I mean, so today, even like I YouTubed a yoga video that was 20 minutes long. It was like yoga, full body stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just went and did like my, I just watched the YouTube video and did all my yoga. So, right. <laughs> so where are you at right now? I'm in Austria right now. Sweet. And so you're just chilling. So you were just in Italy. How'd that go? Did you have like, any good jumps? It went good. good, jumps, it went good. Sorry? Did you have any good jumps? I had uh, I had some good jumps. I had jumps, but they it felt like it was um a really good like learning day for me and like uh like a good progressive or progression, I guess you could say. So like I'm I'm ready to work off of that because that was essentially like my first meet from a long run. Oh, wow. Uh, this year. And so it was kind of wishy-washy, but I was like, okay, you know what? Now I have something to work from. Like this is how it went. This is what polls I was on and we can figure things out and go from there. So. Right. Right. And then when's, when's your next one? My next one is going to be this Saturday. This Saturday in Austria. And then do you come back to the States after that or. Yep. Come back to okay. the States, work a couple of pole vault camps actually. And then I'll head out to nationals. Nice. I was going to ask you, do you have a day? Do you have like a day job or? Yeah, I'm, I'm essentially like a full-time coach at, um, the pole vault club that I train at. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a really good gig. Does it, it. allows you to, uh, you know, have a place to train and then also probably allows you a little bit of flexibility with your schedule and stuff yes. like that. 
Very much so, which is super helpful. And I just, I like, I love all the kids that are there. It's great. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, all right. So your look, you got like an edgy look. Where, where did that all uh, start? You know, the tattoos and the hair and all that. Is there a story behind all that? I mean, it really started like in in high school when I was pretty rebellious. Um, and then, yeah, when I went to college, it was like kind of let loose because uh, I had all my freedom. So <laughs> tattoos started coming in bulk I was just about it um and then the hair thing was actually an accident um but I just ended up kind of rocking with it and I love it so what do you mean an accident you like like playing like my hair buzzer playing with a buzzer or something (laughs) yeah something like that we were going like a different hair color like I was going to be like we were bleaching my hair to go like a strawberry blonde yeah. And she started on this side, putting the bleach on, applying it. She's like moving over to the side of my head. And I'm sitting there and I was like, this is like burning my head. This is really hot right now. Ooh. And she was like, okay, let's rinse it out. Like, let's just, we'll rinse it out, see where we're at. And as she's rinsing it out, I open my eyes and she's like looking at me crying. And she's like, your hair fell off your head. Oh my God. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, your hair no. broke off it's like how much hair <laughs> yeah holy cow so she like drives it off and it's this whole side of my head that's like sticking out like that much and I was like "Ooh, what do we do <laughs> I guess just shave it I- <laughs> that's crazy so that was like just a total accident and then you total just ended accident. up rocking it just went with it she that woman is lucky that she had me as a client that day though i'll tell you (laughs) absolutely holy cow that's a crazy story um all right so i want to respect your time i know you got to get you know actually it's late there well not late but what is it like seven something over there yeah like seven seven thirty just in time to watch the the women's diamond league actually. So there you go. There you go. Um, if you got time for maybe just like one, one or two more questions. Um, so first thing is what do you think is going to be kind of the thing that is going to enable you to get to where you want to be at? Like, is there something that you think that you can improve on that's going to bring you to that next level? There's several things. Um, but the biggest thing for me is mentality. That's always been like my biggest downfall. And like I said, last year, I was just so confident. Um, but I think it was like only beginning to hit what I can mentally accomplish. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep working and fighting on that um, probably the most in my training. And then I definitely have some things technically that I need to work on in order to be successful. Um, and then physically as well, I have some goals in mind that I think would really, um, help me improve. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then we always usually do this kind of interesting question where we have the athlete or the guest choose three exercises that they would have to use exclusively for the rest of their career, um, outside of pole vaulting. You can pole vault as much as you want, but you have to be pretty specific about the other three exercises and you wait, don't get wait. to do anything else. Like, like training exercises, like an ab thing or like a, yeah. So like, 
Um, yeah, like a like Talking a training exercise, exercise. like a Zumba class. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that doesn't. Yeah, it's too general. Too general. Uh, so you, yeah, you have to use. You have to have pick three things, and you have to be like, okay, I can only do these three things outside of pole vaulting. And I think these three things combined together would make me just as successful as I am right now. Okay. Okay. I got it. All right. Let's hear it. Number one. Squats. Olympic lifting squats. Second thing, rope climbs. Love it. And third thing would be um, toes to bar, high bar, toes to bar. Love it. And then you're just going to use your pole vaulting kind of as your sprint workout type stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I think that makes sense. People often forget that when you pull vault, you sprint, you're yeah. sprinting at the same time. It's part of the, the workout. Yeah. So the squat, if I could just touch on that really quick. So just a back squat. Yep. And are Barbell, you going, squat. okay. And then you're so like for your squats that you do, are you like heavy, low reps or does it change throughout the season? Mine definitely changed throughout the season. Like right now I'm really heavy with, with low reps. Like I do about three reps each set and like six sets. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely like towards the beginning, um, we do heavier for sure. And then like, I, we never do never go below like 90 degrees. Um, and oftentimes we actually do higher than that. Like we'll do three quarter squats or, or not three quarter or quarter squats. Sorry. yeah. Yeah. Um, just because like the explosiveness is a lot more important than freaking breaking your knees, going ass to grass. Um, I, yeah, there's a lot of people that believe in like that whole going down to the bottom. Like that was something that I actually, yeah. And I actually wanted to, I was going to ask you about this earlier, uh, while we were talking about diet and stuff like that. But I think one important thing is pole vaulters have to remember that we're pole vaulters and we're not, uh, power lifters and we're not bodybuilders. Like, so we have to, we can do crossover exercises and stuff like that, but we have to remember what we're doing it for. Like if we're training to be a pole vaulter, do you really have to go that deep in a squat? Like when in the, in your run, do you ever see your leg going anywhere close to that position? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Like, and it's, it's funny because the, um, one of the other coaches at my gym is a CrossFitter Uh-oh. and we're always like back and forth about, you know, technique on, on lifting. And right. whenever he writes the workouts for the athletes in the gym, he's like trying to get them to do a CrossFit style. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> Right. Because we, we are pole vaulters. And and that was what I was going to ask you about with your nutrition. Like if you have ever gotten to a place where it was a little, little over the top to where it started to affect your pole vaulting in a negative way, like, all right. So there was a time in my life that I got so addicted to just being so cut up. And I was like, I have to have like no body fat and I have to eat like on a dime, just the same calories every day and logging all of it. And I ended up getting to that position where I was, I was really lean and, and ripped. And, um, but I was also, it wasn't helping my pole vaulting. It was actually making it worse and I had no energy and and things like that. Have you ever 
had that issue of being almost like a bodybuilder instead of like focusing on pole vaulting? Yes, 1000%. Um, and I, I like, I hate to say it, um, but like physical appearance is important to me. Right. And so it's like, I've definitely been to the line where I'm not eating enough. And like you said, like low energy. And I find that like my, my power to rate or power to weight ratio is super off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now having learned from that and where that line is, I essentially know like what weight I compete the best at as long as I'm still lifting a certain percentage and like running certain time. I'm like, okay, I'm this powerful. I'm this fast. And I'm this, I weigh this much. Like I'm kind of right where I need to be. Cause if I start weighing, you know, too low and those start going down too, I know that I'm, I'm, I've gone too far and I need to come back up with one or the, like whatever I need to do to I love that. I think that's perfect because I, I found the same exact thing is, you know, like whenever I was competing, it was like, I would always want to be like one, like under 180. And then one year I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to weigh myself and I'm just going to try to get very strong and get very fast. And and I'm not going to pinch my belly as much this year. (laughs) I'm going to stop that like nervous tick of like constantly pinching my belly fat. And I (laughs) I'm going to stop looking in the mirror every 10 (laughs) minutes. And um, I did that. And then I started being one like super objective about everything. Yeah. It's like, okay, how strong am I? How fast am I? What poles am I getting on? Mm-hmm. Where am I taking off at? You know, like what what am I gripping? And I was like, okay, if those things are improving and you look a little thick, who cares, man? Yeah, like who cares? You're, exactly. you're in this, yeah, you're in yeah. this to pole vault higher. You're if you want to do if you want to do the other thing, just go like compete in bodybuilding or something. You know, like that. And so that was a huge thing for me too. And I found, you know, get to like one for me, like 185, as long as I'm still power cleaning this and I'm still, you know, you know, squatting this or whatever Mm -hmm. and running these times, then that's fine to be a little bit heavy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's a really good lesson. I think that people can learn is like, be more objective with your goals. Like, what you look like in the mirror is it is fun to look good. Like <laughs> it's a really good, good feeling. But at the end of the day, if you're really trying to pull out high, just make sure your goals. Are I know. Like that. I know what you're you know? what you're working for, essentially. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so where can everybody follow you uh, on on social media? Uh, Instagram, Flygirl ninety three. And then I just this year got a TikTok. <laughs> oh, um, so fly girl underscore 93 on TikTok. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Annika, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much and best of luck to your meet uh, in Austria and then uh, safe travels home. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys, this is the One More Jump podcast. <laughs>